Hello, Rockers and Mercuryans. Rock Mercury here, and welcome to the Rock Mercury Podcast. Tonight, I'm going to be braiding my hair. I just got back from the gym. I'm feeling very moisturized, as you can see. Shea butter galore. That expensive stuff, that good stuff, that good good. Um, I have my Nicki Minaj shirt on. Very carefully styled with a sweater so that it can be um, TikTok stream safe. But you can still see Nikki's face. So hi, Nikki. What's up, Nikki Minaj? Um, yeah, I love this shirt. It's iconic. It's a super freaky girl shirt. And it is a very super freaky shirt. And therefore, it must be covered this way. All right. So, <laughs> and I love it. I, I'll wear it out the way it is. People were looking at me when I was leaving the gym wearing it today. I was like, that's right. Today we have some guaco tea. Guaco tea. This is a cleansing tea that Dr. Sebi uses. Um, I'm going to be drinking it as I do this, as I do my hair today and my beard. I'm going to shake it up. This tea is very strong. Oh my gosh, it's so strong. I should pull out the bag right now to talk about what it's supposed to do. But oh my gosh, this tea is very strong. But it's on Balingo Balance. BalingoBalance.com. Um, you can get your own tea. Um, from, um, Victor Bowman. Victor Bowman hooked me up. He got me this tea. He gifted it to me to, um, he's so, so amazing. The Dr. Sebi's son. Dr. Sebi's son. Yeah. Victor Bowman. He's amazing. Love him dearly. Um, and I'm still drinking my tea, Victor. I'm on, I'm still on track, even though I'm not eating everything alkaline as I should. I really should. I feel my best when I'm eating alkaline. But I just like, I have a private chef and I just, she cooks what she wants to cook. <laughs> so she's not too private. She's a master chef. So I have to just take whatever she eats, which is so good. So I just like, I don't know. But I still take my teas. So we're going to drink this tea. But this particular tea is not my favorite because it's so strong. But I think it is, has all the minerals that I need for sure. But like, it's just very, oof. I'm not, it does not taste, oof. Why did it make that sound? Why did she make that sound, girl? Oh my God. Oh my God. Mm. This, this tea's gonna mess me up. <laughs> not, not the tea hissing at me. That felt like I opened up a magic Harry Potter potion or something. It's not supposed to make that sound. Oh my gosh. I need to drink this tea right now. I'm Holly Joe's in the house. Hello, Holly Joe. She says, hello. She says, um, Holly Joe says, I thought you just got back from Boy Scout camp. Ooh, not with this Nicki Minaj shirt on. Not with this Nicki Minaj. This will be, I kicked right out of Boy Scouts. <laughs> I still can't believe Boy Scouts had the audacity to ask you if you were part of the how you doing community. They literally ask you that when you. I, I was I was a Boy Scout and I lied on the um on the application when I was younger. I was well, I was in another closet, so I, I still would have to say. But they literally had that question on there. Nowadays, they they could not do that. I think they're bankrupt now. I think bank isn't Boy Scouts gone. I don't know. They should be gone. It was a mess, but I also had a good time. Um, all right, let's go ahead and troop one ten Beverly Hills Boy Scouts. I was literally part of the Beverly Hills Boy Scouts. Like, what in the prep? <laughs> like, Troop 110 Beverly Hills Boy Scouts. Like, oh my gosh. 
Um, it was all fun and games until my um, until my um, scout leader took his life, and that was intense. And that was the end of the troop. Was I think that's when I left. The troop may have continued, but um, I definitely did. I definitely left after that. Um, Hardy Joe says, "Did you learn how to start a fire with a rock?" Actually, we learned a lot. We learned how to cook in the wild. It was really useful, to be real. I, I mean, I actually had a really good time. I got some, like, um, some cool socially. I'm not a social person. I've always been socially, like, not. I don't like dealing with people at all. If I don't have to, I'm very good with people. I'm very, very good at people. But I do not like it at all. When it comes to like in public in person and, and I just don't like it. It makes me feel drained. Um, I like to be alone all the time. Um, except for when I'm with my family. I love being with my mom, my sister, and my little nephew and my best friend. Um, yeah. So, but other than that, and my grandma. Um, but yeah, even then I still need some time alone. <laughs> but I love them dearly. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, but I learned how to I learned how to start a fire with a rock for sure. You have to use like a wood and rock. You have to like take put the wood together and like really move it fast. You need to put a towel around the wood or something like some clothes around it. Otherwise, you're gonna tear your hand up. You're gonna tear it. Oh, it's gonna get so many splinters. Not not the good way to do that. Um, David Brentley Craft followed me. Thank you for the follow, David. All right, let's have some of this tea. I think the way to do this is just to drink, like, drink as much tea as I can, and then do a braid, and then, like, do a braid, tea, braid, this tea is not enjoyable, y'all, I don't know why it's bubbling up like that, did the tea go bad, did the tea go bad, it really hissed, it really hissed when I opened it, yikes, should I not drink this, <laughs> it smells fine, I'm gonna drink it, and it's expensive, this is very expensive tea, and it helps with all types of illnesses. But I don't want to talk about that because I'm not a doctor. You can look up guaco tea. G-U-A-C-O. Guaco. And go get it from BilingoBalance.com. So anyway. Oh my gosh. Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do it. I would not drink that. No way. No hissing things for me. Holly Joe, you don't want any magic Harry Potter potion spell drink. <laughs> It doesn't taste like it's spoiled, but it tastes terrible because it just naturally tastes terrible. Why do some healthy things have to taste so bad? It's just strong. It tastes like you're like you're drinking the actual four. Like if you blended the jungle, like the whole jungle, you took it and put it in the blender, this is what it would taste like. All the jungle just it's blended with this without without the thickness. Like it just and then you strained it and put it in the fridge. That's what this tastes like. Oh, I better be healed after this. Okay, so I have a few things I want to talk about today. First of all, I want to talk about something that happened to me in the in the steam this the um sauna today, the dry sauna. It was kinda of hilarious. So I want to chat about that. It was quick. It's such a quick moment. It wasn't even, not even really worth mentioning. 
Um, but anyways, I'm going to mention it. <laughs> and then the second thing I want to talk about is that Candace Owens is back. And I don't care what you guys think about her. I love me some Candace Owens. Um, she's, oh my gosh, am I, I going to be able to do my hair and still cover this Nicki Minaj mess? Girl, why couldn't Nicki Minaj just keep her legs together on this one shirt? Goodness, Nicki. Just kidding. I love when Nicki keeps, does whatever she has to do. Oh my gosh, I really need to figure this out though. How am I going to censor this? I'm over here, oh, 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 Nikki. Oh my God, Nikki, no. Hold on, you guys. I need to figure out how to do this without. Oh, I can't show Nikki. I want to show her face. Doggone Nikki Minaj. Why? I love the shirt, so I'm not really asking why, because I actually love this shirt so much. But, um, you know what? I think I may have to literally put this sweater on <laughs> because there's no way <laughs> I'm going to be able to cover this the whole time. That's what I'm, oh, am I? Uh, am I going to be able to? Okay. Anyway. Anyways, Candace Owens is back. I'm so happy she's back. And she did two episodes that, and I want to talk about, talk about both of them. She did an episode yesterday and an episode today on her podcast, The Candace Owens Show. An amazing show. The only podcast I really, really enjoy at this time. Like, there's no really other podcast that I'm just, like, obsessed with like this right now. Like, it's it's everything. Like, I still listen to Gary Vee, but I just I really think that um, Candace Owens is genius. And she is, like, one of the brightest minds that we have out right now. And I'm thankful for her input of societal, like, situations or whatever. Anyway, so the first subject she talked about was going hunting. She went hunting in South Africa. And I want to discuss that. As a vegan, I really thought a few things about that. You may be surprised at what I have to say about it. You may be surprised. I'm surprised, actually. Like, I'm very surprised about what I feel about this particular podcast, about her reasons for going hunting and, you know what the things that we don't know as Americans about hunting and all that kind of stuff. Or like, you know, big game hunting in, in Africa and all that kind of stuff. So that's one thing. And the second thing I want to talk about is this book that came out called Spare, written by William, um, the Prince of, the, the Prince of Wales, or is he the Prince of Wales? Or he's, anyway, he's the Prince, the Prince William. No, sorry, Prince Harry. Prince Harry, not Prince Williams. But Prince Williams is mentioned a lot in the book. And I want to talk about this. Because Candace Owens goes into the detail about this book so that you don't have to read it. And I don't even want to read it. After what she had to say about it, I am good. It is a mess. It was written by Harry, not William. That's that's right. That's right, Holly Joe. Yeah, it's Harry. Harold. Mr. Harold. <laughs> okay, so... Um... I want, I see, Holly Joe says, I went to, I went to my dentist appointment and I accidentally bit my dentist finger. <gasps> no, not you getting sued by your dentist soon. Not you biting the dentist's finger. Are they bleeding? Is the finger okay? Holly Joe, that's a mess. That is a mess, Holly Joe. So I want to talk about that and Meghan Markle's in that. I've already spoken about Meghan Markle before, but we're going to talk more about it today. It's going to be a lot. Oh my God, this tea. Okay, here we go. I finished with braids, so I have to, I have to just, 
here's I'm, I'm gonna try to gamify it. When I don't like doing something, I gotta gamify it a bit. So this time I'm going to let all the air out. And I'm gonna suck in as much as I can with this tea until the next braid and see how far I can get and finish this tea today, if I can. Um, Holly Joe says was written by Harry, not William. That's right. <laughs> um, Holly Joe says takes takes the name Ladyfingers to a whole different level. Oh, you're taking the. I can't with you. I cannot. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, this tea. Here we go. Guaco tea, alkaline tea. Okay, so first thing first, let's talk about the little moment that happened in um, the gym sauna. Nothing, nothing really that eventful, but I was sitting there doing my, um, you know, folding my legs and stretching while I did my hair. I have to detangle my hair in there, so I'm giving make use of my time in there. Thank you, James Two Cut, for following me. Thank you, du um, Dookie LaFlair, for following me. That is a name right there. I kind of wish I didn't say that name, but thank you for the follow. That is a mess. Love, I love the name, but I just, you know, this is TikTok, so I have to be careful what I say, even if it's hilarious. Um, all right. So, I was in the gym, I was in the sauna, just chilling and, like, stretching and doing my hair. And I guess they were giving people a tour, or like maybe somebody who was a member there. This is a very, it's a, it's a country club. It really isn't a gym, it's a country club. But anyway, they were giving their friends or somebody a tour around and got to the sauna and it's a glass door there. And I was the only one in there at the time. And they were like, yeah, this is the dry sauna and then the wet sauna over there. And then one of the guys, it was like, um, four guys that came up and they were all, see, look like they were basketball players. Um, and then they're also like, they're black like me, um, but darker. And they were, they were saying like, oh, one of the, like they, one of the guys came back and double, took a double take. He was like, y'all got Jesus up in there? You got Jesus? You got Jesus up in there sitting in there? That, 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 that bro looks just like Jesus in there. Bro looks like he was saying it loud, loud. And I'm just like. Oh my god. And I just acted like I didn't hear anything. But it was hilarious. I'm like, are you serious in here? Like, we're in a country club. We can't take our people anywhere sometimes. They're over here talking about this. You got Jesus up in here? Like, you think that my luxurious self... I chose to grow my hair out. I chose to grow my beard out. I don't even believe that Jesus even existed. And yet, you're over here interrupting my peace and my tranquil... Um, my tranquil spa time, telling me that I look like Jesus. I I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Personally, I wasn't offended. I just thought it was really funny. Um, but the ghettoness of that. This is an expensive gym. This gym is like a hundred and forty a a month. You know, um, some some people pay pay more than that, but I pay one forty. Um, and that's a good amount of money here in Texas. In other areas, that might be a more affordable gym. Like, I feel like if this same gym was in Los Angeles, it would be closer to, like, the 250 mark or something like that. So, I don't know. Plum's in the house. Hello, Plum. Plum says your hair looks beautiful tonight. Thank you, Plum. Thank you so much. I am braiding my hair and drinking this cleansing tea. Mm. Mm. 
okay. Let's see how much I can drink this next time, you guys. Oh. I'm kind of getting down there. No, I'm not. I'm not getting far at all. Oh, I gotta drink more of this. All right. Did I get this nasty tea on my, my chair? I hope I didn't. Oh my god, this tea. But it's gonna be healthy, it's good for me. It's, that's, that's what matters, all right? Okay, so that happened. That was cute. It was one of those moments. That's it, that's really all for the gym. Other than that, I just had a good stretching time and listened to these podcasts that I'm talking about right now. Okay, so let's start with the hunting trip first. So Candace Owens said that she had been thinking about getting closer to, you know, her humanity. Like the natural instincts that we have as humans to, you know, be able to survive. And she said that, you know, if the world came to a extreme um, situation where you had to survive and fight for your life, she doesn't think the vegans are going to make it. I kind of think the vegans would make it. Wouldn't we have enough vegetables? But in a way, I guess she's right because it's nothing growing and all there is is other animals. We're going to have to learn how to hunt, you know. And if it came, it came down to that, I, I won't be very vegan at that point. If it really came down to survival in that kind of way, like, I need to survive. I'll be vegan again once things get back to normal after the, you know, the uh, oh God, state of emergency. But I don't see myself, you know, like, you you have to have vegetables. Like, where are you going to get these fruits and vegetables from if you're fighting for your life? Thankfully, we live in the woods, so we can go find some deer or something. Um, and, dang, I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah, I would have to go that route. Anyways, so she was thinking about that. Um, and she it was explaining how... Hunting in South Africa isn't really what we think it is. Like, we think that it's like, oh, you know, they're these rich people are just going out there and hunting these precious animals, and da da da. But we don't understand the ecosystem in these places. And um, these rich people pay a lot of money to be able to, to hunt. And they have a, a tour guide that goes with them to hunt. And that money goes directly to nature conservation. And they're going to hunt the specific animals that are either overpopulated or causing a danger to the rest of the population. Whether it's a, you know, a like a lion or something that is going through and, you know, destroying villages or um, destroying villages or, you know, eating too much of a certain type of um animal that's you know near extinction or something or you know like this like or you know anything that's just overpopulated like they they really watch the population over there before they let people just go and shoot and you know hunt anything it's very specific and it's actually helping the ecosystem and so a lot of people don't know that and i did know this but i still was against it because in my eyes i'm like that's still a life. Like, that's still a life. It's an innocent animal. It didn't deserve to go that way. Like, in my opinion. I th before I kind of listened to this, to her experience on it, it kind of, I feel some kind of way. I feel, 
I don't know, I feel a little bit, I don't know, but any, um, so she says, she says all that, and she's like, you know, she went to South Africa to have an experience, um, amongst other things, she did do a hunting trip, and she broke through her comfort zone, and she, like, got a tour guide, she was out there with her husband, she wanted to 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 hunt this type of animal that's almost like a a deer with super long horns, like super long pointy horns. Um, I think it's called a a abok or I forgot what it's called. She talks about it. I looked it up. I should. That's on my phone. Just following along right now. But she goes and hunts this antelope-looking thing, but big, um, beautiful animal, by the way. So pretty. Um, and she, and she goes with, the, with her group, which is her husband and the tour guide, and they park their jeep or whatever it was. They're in the, they're in some desert. They have to run through the sand. They're dodging rhinos, like white rhinos and black rhinos, and there could be a cheetah out there. There could be all kind of things. They're in the desert. They are out there. Um, and she said that her experience, cause she, cause she originally thought that she would never, she never even understood hunters who hunted like deer. Like simple things here in in America, like she never even understood that, so she definitely couldn't understand, you know, the African kind of hunting that that rich people go and do. Um, she just didn't. It didn't. It wasn't like something that she ever thought would be something she would do. And um, but she says she felt so alive as she's running and dodging different bushes, like go, going into the bushes to hide and just running through the sand to you know, find this, this particular animal that she was allowed to, that she paid money to, um, to hunt. But then also when you hunt this animal, the, the meat and everything goes to the village, the villages of orphan kids and people who need food. So every part of the animal is used. Um, you can't take it home with you because you're like literally in Africa. They're not gonna let you take meat home with you. So, but it's, it's, you're there. It's almost like you're donating, but then you get the hunt because you're donating. And you can have someone meat while you're there, but you're like, you know, and if you eat meat and you're not, and you're against hunting, that is kind of an oxymoron. I do understand how that is kind of twisted. And I do respect the person who hunts over a person who just like mindlessly goes to the store and buys some factory farm meat all the time. Like, and, the, and then they don't respect hunting. Like, it's okay if you, like, I mean, my family doesn't hunt. Like, nobody, I... Nobody in my immediate family hunts. I do have an uncle that hunts. Um, but that's like, that's like a great uncle. Like, my dad's, my dad's dad's brother. So it's like great uncle. Great, great, yeah. Anyway, um, like he hunts and who else hunts where I know? But like nobody like my immediate family that I deal with. So, and they eat meat. A lot of them do. Um, but yeah, I, I respect more of a person who goes and gets their own out there, like who understands that that animal had a life, it had its, it was living in this environment, you know, it was free, it was out there in the wild, you know, over something that's just force fed and injected with whatever the heck these poor farm animals are injected with, you know, I respect that more, that's part of, more of like the circle of life, like I, I get that, I'm not, I don't want to do it. But I get it. I get it. Take more of this tea.
So yeah, I get it. I get it. So she she went, she fought a lot of things. She was ten foot ten feet away from a rhino at one point. She was terrified, but she kept going. And she said something very interesting. She said that if she passed away and God was like, you know, you can relive a day, like your heaven is reliving a day of your choice every day. Um like she said that that's one that's the day she would choose is this hunting trip that they were out there for hours you know finding just to find the animal and then they got it had to come back and it was just there was probably more to the experience that she even said because she hunted her animal but i'm sure oh, I'm sure her husband was like maybe had an animal he wanted to hunt as well i don't know i also wonder if when they hunt the animal, do they prepare it there and then they just like, do they prepare it and then bring the the, the meat back or do they try to bring the whole animal back? Because you took a picture with it, but I just wonder if they're like, if they, you know, cut, like, you know, fillet it and prepare it right out there. Because how are you going to drag that big old thing back when you were just running for hours? in the desert, in, you know, hot sand that feels like you're sinking in every time you take a step? Like, will you really be able to, um, to bring an animal of that size? It's a huge animal. So, I don't know how that worked. I think it would take all of them to move it. Maybe they get their car and they drive back there, but then I'm sure there's some lion that wants to come eat that animal at that point. Um... Or maybe they bring the truck up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one, two people stay with the animal and then they bring the truck up or something. I don't know. It just seems like a lot to try to get the animal back to, you know, be able to be processed properly and given to the children to eat. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I just, it made me rethink hunting because I really do love the way that Candace Owens speaks about her like she the way she describes her experiences and like I said even though I don't eat meat I did used to eat meat a lot and I used to eat deer like wild caught deer and that was probably the best meat I've ever had to be honest was deer and I had a lot of deer I was eating so much deer sausage and deer fillets and I was eating some deer y'all now, now that I look back at it, I was eating a lot of deer sausage, which means that <laughs> it had all of the organs, probably. Deer sausage has the most out there stuff in it. Sausage, they be putting everything in sausage. They're all the leftovers, so even though it's, like, made, like, it's healthier than, you know, the stores and all sausage, it's still the organ meat, a lot of it, um... I didn't even think about it like that back then. I was like, oh, I'm just eating deer. I was probably eating deer, everything. Just all mixed together. Ooh. I can never eat, I can never do that again. I can't, I can't say never because if the world doesn't go into an apocalyptic situation, I'm gonna eat what I gotta eat to survive. I ain't trying to play those games. Like, what about the animals? I'm like, what about the animals? Let's get it, let's get it in my belly. Get in my belly. Like, I'm not trying to pass away. Um, so, that's... It's just... 
I don't know. I don't think I would ever go hunting. That's not for me. Like, I do not want to be the one pulling the trigger to, like, I'll pull a, I'll pull the trigger to to protect my family, protect my life, to shoot at an aim, to, to shoot at a, um, what do you call it, a, um, A target, <laughs> shoot at a target. I can't, like, you know, at a, at a range or something. I would do that, but I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like do that to an animal and then eat the animal. Like, to me, it makes me want to, like, like I can't. Think, like, and even though I used to eat so much of it, I used to eat tons of steak and lamb and deer and pork and fish. I ate everything. I mean, I didn't really eat any snake or an alligator. Um, but looking back, I probably would have. If, if it was offered to me at that time, I would have eaten it. It just wasn't that available in Los Angeles. But when I went vegan, vegetarian first and then went vegan, I just, it makes me so sick to think about eating that. Um, mm, I don't know. I just, like, if I think about it too much, I cannot, I can't even be. I can't think about touching or eating that. Like, I don't even like things that have dairy in it. I can't do it. And it's not even like I'm more... At first, it was a moral thing a little bit. I was like, I'm better. Like, I don't eat those kind of things. Like, I'm better than that, you know? But as I think about it, it's like... I think that it's just, for me and my body, eating plant-based has been everything for me. It's been so, so good. I look... I know a lot, I know I have a long beard and stuff. I look younger than everybody I grew up to high school with. They all look so old and dusty. It's like, whoa. It's like, wow. The way time has hit you like a train. You know? I'd be shook. I'd be looking at Facebook like... What? We were the same... We are in the same age? We went to the same school together? Girl... You better drink this nasty tea like I am. You better pour your some of this nasty tea, honey, because you. Mm. Looking a bit dehydrated, baby. Anyway, I got off track. I'm gonna keep eating veggies, but I kind of have more compassion for hunters, especially the ones who are spending a lot of money out there. To go towards animal comfort, um, um, animal conversation, cons conservation, <laughs> conservation. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I get. I can't even say the word right. Animal conservation. Like I support that. Like if they're spending a million dollars to, you know, blick blick, uh, hunt a hunt a lion, but that million dollars is going towards the infrastructure that's going to protect an endangered species that this same lion is over there like attacking and creating havoc for and endangering them further then okay like go have fun and do your little target practice on real animals or whatever i don't know do you like thank you for helping keep these animals alive like i never thought i would be thankful for some of those people because they're demonized so badly and i remember there's this one guy who got eaten by a, tiger, a, a lion or something while he was out there game hunting. He paid a lot of money and he was out there doing his thing. And I, I was like, he got what he deserved. I literally, I tweeted that. I'm like, he got what he deserved. Like, 
I don't feel bad for him. Like, you know, he got like I just had no sympathy for him. But now, as I think about it more, and I know more now that I'm more educated on it, I honestly feel ignorant, <laughs> and I, I kind of want to say sorry. I mean, I think I. I don't even know if those tweets are still live or if I deleted them. But whether I did or not, I know what I said. And I do want to apologize to that person's family because I misunderstood what game hunting really meant. Um, like, the, like the full picture of it. So I feel bad for them that that happened. Um... Only because it's a very regulated situation. There's, they weren't out there poaching. If you're a poacher, that's different. That means you're breaking the law. You're just trying to, you know, get these rare things from animals and leave them out there to suffer. Like, it's just, it's a sad thing. Poaching is a whole different thing. But when you're doing the, the paid game hunting with the safari and all that, that's a whole different story. Like, you, it's all registered. And these, the villages know which animals are the trouble animals. They're like, yeah, that tiger over there, yeah, that tiger just ate a whole village last week. The whole village. Um, so if you can go ahead and handle that for us, that'd be amazing. Yeah, and if you could pay us a million dollars so that you can go out there and do that, great, perfect, everything works. We're putting a million dollars towards getting better fences that are tiger-proof. So go ahead. Thank you so much. Have a good day. We'll send a tour guide with you to make sure that you that you take the right the right animal out. You have a guide with you. Who do you think is taking the photo? When these rich people are taking photos with these animals, who do you think is taking the photo? The guide that they paid <laughs> to go out there. You know? And the guide is not making that much money. Not that I know of. Like they they're just they're part of the conservation. It takes a lot of money to protect against the poachers. Because if you're a hunter and you see a poacher out there, you are allowed in Africa to do target practice on the poacher. Yikes. So poachers don't like hunters. They don't like them. And poachers are terrible. Those people, I think, those are, they will go down. They'll go down there and burn in a lake of fire. But I think the hunters in this particular case... I think they will go up there with Beyonce up in heaven and be like, yes, honey, work. You know, like just having like a good old brunch and just chilling, just living their best life um, after, you know, at the end of time. So, yeah. That's how I feel. I feel different. I never thought I would say that because I've, I've been very against these hunters, but I've, I was just very ignorant. I didn't know what I was talking about. On that subject, I thought I knew, and I knew some of it. I'll be, I'll be honest, I did know a lot of what I just said. But when Candace Owens put it her way and her experience, it kind of shifted my internal because I still felt, even with the knowledge I knew about them paying and they're going towards conference cons, um, conservation and stuff, I still felt like that's sketchy, that can't be really true. Or I just kind of had some questions like that's still sad too. Like, who gets to say that this animal doesn't deserve to be in its ecosystem? Like, we now we're now we're playing the rulers of the jungle or whatever. Like, 
I didn't get the bigger picture of this industry. So now I get it more. Sending love to the real hunters that do it the right way and support, you know, there being a diverse amount of species for our um, our ancestors to have. Like I was talking to my sister today and she and we were saying like, you know, we don't really think that we're going to live through like the worst part of what's to come. Like we think that the next generation is and it's like my nephew and I was like, oh, poor baby. Like I feel bad for him that he's going to have to like go through some really like harsh conditions that the world seems to be heading towards and I just want to prepare him for it. Doesn't that mean I'm so happy he's here. He's a beautiful, beautiful baby. I'm so happy for him. But it's like for it to exist. But like he's going to have to go through. He needs to be ready for whatever is about to happen. And I think a lot's about to happen. So uh, you just got to prepare your kids. Because I think it's going to be the next generation. I mean, I hope. I don't want it to be my generation. I don't want to go through any of this. I want to keep chilling, drinking my tea. Going to my country club. Buying up real estate. Investing in my businesses. Creating art. I'm trying to live my life. I'm not trying to be in some bunker. Trying to survive some attack. I don't want that for my life. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But it kind of seems like it might. I don't know. I don't know. Either way. We need to know how to survive. No matter what. So I already know how to, you know, operate my Second Amendment. Or is it First Amendment? Ooh. The amendment that allows you to carry or whatever you have to do to carry on. Is it the first or second? Somebody tell me this is the first. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> do, do I even deserve this amendment if I can't even remember which one it is? Too many, too many amendments anyways, too much, too many laws, but I know how to use, I know how to carry, I know what I'm doing, you know, I don't know the name of it, <laughs> I do know how to use it, because I, because thanks to Boy Scouts, <laughs> and thanks to, you know, going out on my own too, um, to the, to the range and, le and learning, so, I feel like I'll be able to survive if it got that real, but I think we do need to have those types of those types of like skill set because she also said that she feels like Candace Owens was saying that she feels like a lot of humans have become very robot like like we just are like drones like we just do whatever we're told or just you know following the little fool you know just following the leader whatever we're told to do whatever we're told to believe like and we're going further and further away from nature. People are starting to feel like food just comes from the grocery store. And it doesn't. It comes from growing it in nature. And hunting and bringing it to your table. Hunting and gathering. Like. It's just it's just how it is. Do this best this part of this beard. Oh my god this tea. Oh my god. Um Okay. <laughs> So, what was I going to tell you guys? The next one. Oh, so the next thing we're going to talk about, now that we've talked about hunting, I want to talk about Mr. Prince Harry's 
um, Prince Harry's book called Spare. It's called Spare. And it's, it would be hilarious if he wasn't, if it was a comedy. Like, this would be a perfect book for a comedy. But, you know, when you think about being a prince or being in a royal family, you're like, oh, they they have it better than us. They're living in a palace with 50 bedrooms and, you know, butlers that have other butlers and the whole world cares about them because, you know, they're the kings and queens of England. And, oh, wow, you know. The allure of it all, the allure of not really knowing, you know, what really is going on behind the palace doors. Oh, how beautiful, how cool to be, to be royalty. Oh, wow. Well, Prince Harry just tore it all, tore the whole allure up and just put it in the blender. He said, no, like, let me read my family the field. They treated me as a spare. He said he was treated like a spare because his brother is the actual heir to the throne. You know, after this other king that we have. What is it, King Charles that we have right now? Or I don't even know. It's a mess. It's a mess. And Camilla or something. Um, he said that he was just treated as if he was the backup. Just in case something happens to his brother William. That his brother Williams bullied him. But when you read about the bullying, you're like, that's normal stuff that t- like siblings go through. Like my sibling, my sister and I were at each other's throat growing up. And we're so close. You know? Like that's just part of growing up and learning the reins and you just I don't know, like it was he made it seem way worse than it really was, I guess. I really feel that He's just selling his family out for money because he's mad at them for being the spare, which I doubt they ever told him that he was the actual spare. He he took it as far as, as to say that he was just existing in this world in case his brother needs a new kidney or some bone marrow or blood transfusion. Now, I've been around some very wealthy people major billionaires, major, like, of upper class. And there's some dark things that their family's done, for sure. Um, I don't think they would tell him that he's going to be spare. Like, that, can you imagine growing up and just, like, you know that if anything happens to your brother, like, they're going to go right to you first to basically pick from your organs <laughs> like a vending machine to save your brother's life? basically forcing you to keep the heir to the throne alive. You'll never have like a real title in the family, never fully respected, even though he's way hotter than his brother. Harry is so much hotter than William, oh my gosh. Um, But also, this book made him not that hot to me. This book is like, girl, what? Basically, I look at it and think that he got involved with this girl Megan Markle and she is toxic AF so toxic and she is like just trying to use the fact that she's married to a prince to gain herself some more stardom star power because she wants to be famous so bad 
that she tore the royal family apart and has her husband out here selling um, hit stories against his own family for millions of dollars in, in America. You know, coming to America like, yeah, we don't like those British. We don't like the England. We don't like them. We're just going to come over here and we're safe. But she's so manipulative. Like, when I first saw her, I had no idea. I was confused about her, that she was even black. I didn't even know her mother is actually black. But she doesn't, she really doesn't look like it at all. And she wasn't even trying to, like, fight for those that community at all, like, at that time. But boy, did she use it when she went out there to say that they, that the whole England was racist and stuff. Like, she went so far to demonize the royal family because she knew that Americans already feel iffy about the royal family. We think that they have colonized a lot of areas because of what we've been fed, rather by the media. We're not even taking a mirror to look at our own American society and be like, hmm, maybe, maybe we have some problems too that we don't even have enough time or audacity to be pointing fingers at another regime or kingdom, whatever they're doing. Maybe we, maybe we have too much going on here that we literally don't have time to focus on whatever they're doing. You know, maybe. But instead, we love to deflect. And so we just think, oh, kings and queens of England. England has nothing to do with here. The UK has nothing to do with America. Um, compared, I mean, to the American people, that like they're not affecting our anything like that. Like, it's not. But yet we care because it's... It's the Cinderella story, the prince, oh, oh my gosh, my prince, oh, royalty, the king, oh, the, like, what? They ain't even got no power. It's just a messy, dramaful family. When you read the story and hear this palace have 55 different rooms in it, but yet Harry and, um, and William have to share a room, but William got the better side of the room, and Harry had to get... This little bit smaller side of the room. <coughs> There's 50 other rooms. What are we doing? It feels sad. It feels like childhood being taken away. And what's real? The royal family isn't even happy. Who's happy? Who's doing well? Who is actually who they say they are? Who? Doesn't seem like anybody at this point. Anyway, he talked about how he um, was pressured to get a haircut <coughs> by his friends at school. His friends. And they made fun of him because the haircut looked so bad. He shaved his head and it looked so bad. And he went to his brother for comfort. And his brother laughed too. And that he was so heartbroken. He was like, how dare my brother laugh at me too? That's what brothers do. Are you serious? I don't even have a brother and I know that. Because I have God brothers and I have like other people who are like similar brothers. Like later on in life. But brothers do that. Like They're going to rise you. And you're going to get into like little feuds and little, little spats and stuff. Like it's not that deep. But everything he took so intensely and 
it makes sense that he would be with somebody like Meghan Markle, who is dramatic as, as heck too. And then after he talks all this mess about his family being connected to the press and, you know, running campaigns against them and stuff like that or hiding stuff, he goes to the press and sells all this, the book for millions of dollars. He does all these interviews with Oprah, all this mess. And then he talks about his substance use. You know, he didn't like Pepsi, but he sure did like Coca-Cola. He sure did like Coca-Cola a lot. He loved going skiing on the, on the ski, the slopes of snow. You know, he had that nasal drip that, you know, people do that. Yeah. He had a substance situation that he deflected and somebody took a photo of him enjoying the ski slopes, enjoying a nice... I'm loving it. Is that Coke? Or is that Pepsi? That's, that's McDonald's. <laughs> that, that's McDonald's. Oh my gosh. That's not even any of them. <laughs> What's the Coke theme song? <laughs> oh my gosh. What's the Coke theme song? I can't. Anyway, they had a video, a picture of him sniffing a lot of the life, the high life. I can't, can I even say it? You know what I'm talking about. You already know what I'm saying he was doing. And they had a photo and the royal kingdom took that photo down. They buried it. They buried that photo. Now that seems like a nice thing to do from a royal family. I didn't, I would be thankful if a photo like that got out of me. I'm like, um... Yeah, let's get that wiped off the internet. Let's not have it be able to Google that. Like, let's just, you know, let's get that away. Um, I kind of love to see it because I'm like, how dare you pretend as if your indulgence in certain substances weren't, weren't your fault, not the people. Your friends encouraged you to do that. Your friends had it around, so that's why you started doing it. No. He wanted to do those things, you know, so he's just a mess, like he's, he's just a hot mess, and yes, he is very hot, and I would definitely pick him over his brother because he's so much hotter, but he's also like, if he was just a random guy and he wasn't the prince, mm, I would pass. I've definitely been with way hotter than him, like way, way hotter than Prince Harry, like, a hundred times hotter than him I've been with. So, it's just because he's a prince. And I'm sure that's what, same thing Meghan Markle feels. You know, her Meghan Markle's father is an opportunist. Her mother seems like a nice person. Just like a simple kind of naive person. So I won't say too much about her mother. Her mother seems chill. Her siblings are a mess. They're talking, they're spreading all the tea. Mm. If I ran, if I was married to some royalty or whatever, and I made up a whole new story about my life, my siblings would just follow along. They'd be like, okay, cool, this is what we're doing. This is what we're, this is the new story. 
They were like, good, do you? Because they get it. My siblings are down to ride. They're not... They're not going to sell me out like that. Like, what? <laughs> I could say, yes, we were raised in Britain. And I came to Los Angeles and Hollywood. And I, you know... You know, hung out with Jurassic Park. I had my own zebra that I rode around to visit the dinosaurs. Like, my... my <laughs> <laughs> my sister would be like yeah I was there too <laughs> we did it together we rode dinosaurs to school like she would be like okay cool how, how crazy can we get <laughs> like that's a real sibling that's a down to ride but yet you have these princes Prince Harry and Prince William feuding with each other over what over some woman that Prince Williams was right Prince William said that Meghan Markle was toxic and that he did not agree that he should be, that Prince Harry should be marrying Meghan Markle. He thought that she was bad news for the family. Was he wrong? Absolutely not. He was definitely not wrong. Was he right? A billion percent right. <laughs> and apparently they got into a fist fight over it. And at one point, Prince... Prince um, William, the older one, the one that's going to be the, the king someday, if that even happens, um, he had a whole list of what he didn't like about Meghan Markle. <laughs> he, he did an itemized list of situations. And of course, that part didn't make the book. He just knew it was, a, he just noted that it was an itemized list. He didn't go into detail about what Prince Williams has said, but you know everything else. So he knows what Prince William said about his wife, but he knows it's true. And that's why he won't release it. Because he knows his brother was right, and, his, and she's proven it. This woman, we should love her. We love Princess Diana, who is the mother of Prince Harry and Williams. We loved her. She was American sweetheart. She was the world sweetheart. She was such a beautiful person. Why does everyone loathe Meghan Markle? Why are we so mad at her? Why is everybody like, girl, something ain't right about you. <laughs> something ain't right. We see you, girl. We all see it. Even if we fake support her, we're like, yay, first black prince, queen, princess, whatever she is, duchess in the England. Yay, we're happy for you. We all know in the back of our head, we're like, girl. Mm. And it ain't because of her race. It's because that shady spirit that's around her. You can feel the shade through the screen. It was like, ooh, girl. I don't know about you. I don't know. This is the same woman, Meghan Markle, the same woman who... Um, who applied to be an unpaid intern at the Wendy Williams show. And you all see where that went. She, this was, this wasn't like, you know, before she got, of course, before she became a princess or a duchess, this happened when she was out there just hustling and she was doing whatever it took. But to choose that show to be an unpaid intern, I mean, she loves the drama. To even know who Wendy Williams is. And I love Wendy Williams. I watched her every day. And I'm really heartbroken that I don't get to see her every day anymore. Like, there's nobody that takes her place. 
I don't even know Sherry Shepard, how she even got her show. I used to go to church with her. She blocked me on Twitter because I called her out and told her that her show's going to get canceled soon. And we're waiting. We're waiting, Sherry. Big show. I mean, nobody's talking about her show at all. Nobody cares. That show will be canceled soon, for sure. Anyway, there's nobody taking Wendy's space. But for you to even know about her enough to go and be want to become an unpaid intern means that you love the drama. You love it, Megan. You love the drama so much. And she's like, oh, but the press, the press. I don't want to be in the press. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, you do. All you ever want to be was famous. So she just used the press being mean to her, exposing her, really. That's what it really was. She used the fact that the press was exposing who she really is to try to, like, um, say that she's a victim of that so she can push off the narrative of herself being exposed to her new fiance, Prince Harry. She just, she was getting exposed. He was like, he was like, oh, Megan, darling, um, Kanye West called me and he said, I, he um, sent me a message and he said that um, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she's not messing with a broke. What does that mean? But he knows what it means. He knows that Megan's out there digging for gold and not even doing it well. Megan, if you're watching this, first of all, you made a mistake. You came from England, the, the wherever you wherever the castle was. You left the castle to come to Los Angeles, California, and I'm I'm born and raised Los Angeles, so I have a heart for that place. But you left the castle to come there, and then. Now you're dissing the royal family, the whole reason that you're even relevant. No one would give a a hamster crap. You know how small a hamster crap is? Just one, not even a whole bunch of them, just one pebble. They wouldn't give that about you if you weren't part of the royal family. Not even a pebble of hamster excrement would be given about you, Meghan Markle, if it wasn't for this royal family, and now you're just dissing them and turn, you need to pull it together, you need to apologize to the royal family, first of all, you need to apologize and say that you were stressed and you were going through a lot, really you just are trying to become less toxic, but you don't, you don't got to tell them that part, to say that, I'm so sorry, postpartum, you know, I just had a baby, I'm feeling just... I'm going through it, and I'm in a new area. I'm in a new country. I was just nervous. I was getting fed information that I didn't know was... Uh, just say whatever you gotta say. Get forgiven by the royal family. Move back to the castle so you can be united. Don't separate your husband from his royal family as all he has is that royalty. We wouldn't care about him either if he was a royalty. We'd be like, oh, that's just another guy at Walmart. Man, he's kind of hot, but not that hot. You know, that that's what we would, we would just be like, eh. We wouldn't have cared if he wasn't part of the royal family. Granddaughter, grandson of Princess Elizabeth. Son of Princess Diana. Or Queen Elizabeth and Princess Diana. Like, what? We wouldn't care if it wasn't for that. And then, you need to, like, so after you apologize, 
You gotta like move back to the castle, come to every event, connect with your kingdom of people so that they can, you know, stop hating on you. That's how you fix bad press, is you just be really good. <laughs> be really helpful. You know, create a connection between you and the people. And you're like, you know, she just wanted to take her prince back to Los Angeles so she could be a star. Because there's no movies filming in the UK like that. Every movie in the UK is like, yikes. She wanted to be in Hollywood. So, you do that. You back to the castle. You get on the world's good side by being a good person. Stop being toxic. Focus on parenting. Stop victimizing yourself in every one of your podcasts. Right, and then contact have your assistance contact every fashion house out there, especially in the UK, and get you get you the top fashion. Like you need to be stunting on them. You need to stay quiet. I want to see this Meghan Markle. I want you to stay so quiet, Meghan Markle, that we forget that you have teeth. Cause you're that quiet. That's what I want for you, Megan. I want to forget that you even have teeth. Because you said too much already, girl. You said too much. You've done too much. It's a mess. Your husband needs to not. We need, to, we need to, for him too. He needs to be. Call the, call the male designers and the female designers. You guys need to be fashion couples. You need to take a note out of the book of David Beckham and Victoria Beckham, who, when they go to a fashion show, when they go to the mall, they don't go to the mall, they don't, they don't go there, but when any public event, it's all they're giving. It's all they're giving is angles. All they're giving is angles and silence. That's what you need to give, Megan, for a good 10 years. After what you've done, you need 10 years of silence. <laughs> 10 years, Megan. Let us forget you have teeth, Megan. We don't want you even smiling because something might come out when you smile. You might, you might say, some, say something through your teeth like you've been saying. This in your own family through your teeth. When your fam when this family is your relevancy. No. So you need to be like out there going to the local events and being a part of all the things that make the kingdom, the UK, whatever British the British, whatever. It's all a mess. You need to be doing all of the press events and just showing your, showing up in your community wearing the best fashion and being genuinely nice and kind. So if to do that, you need a lot of therapy first, Megan. A lot of therapy. However much you need. Just get a thousand therapists, you know, because you're going to run through therapists trying to fix this issue you have. Um... Dang, Megan, this is really bad. 
even with all this, I'm wondering if people will still trust you or even like you. Because if, if I wasn't giving you this advice and I was just an average person out on the street and I like have my opinion of Meghan Markle based on what I've seen, I would still think that even if she, after she moved back, I would be like, she still has an ankle. I still don't trust her. Even if, even if she did everything I just asked, um, said for you to do, I still wouldn't trust. I still wouldn't trust Megan. Something about her. Something about her is just like, no. No. Mm -mm. You know? So, anyway, that's my free PR advice for you, Megan, because I want to see you win. Megan's a beautiful woman. She's a really physically beautiful person, but her spirit. Mm, jeans are something else. Her dad's jeans came through, that opportunistic, toxic kind of jeans. Part of me wonders, is her family even as toxic as she makes it seem? Or was she feeding stories to the American press? Because anything that's in the, in the press or the news in America, it's paid for. If you know about it, it was paid for you to know about it. And so, was she just sending these stories over there to make her father seem unhinged? I mean, maybe he had a good point about... Her being fake AF. Oh gosh, it's so sad. It's just so heartbreaking. Like, cause if you can't look up to the kingdom, like, what, what can you look up to? What, what? Like, that's supposed to be the cream de la croix. Oh god. That's supposed to be like the top at top upper echelon situation. Like the Queen of England, the royal family, like, mm. oh gosh. It's all over this tea. That's supposed to be the all, the end all. Like, mm. like just throw that king and queen, throw that crown on them. You're supposed to throw that crown on them. But yet now you've torn the whole family apart. There's only two sub two brothers, Prince Prince Harry and Prince William. William was the first one. Now you've torn them apart. They they're over here fighting over the most silly stuff. You done you done you did dirty you did the dirty Meghan Markle. sad so that's my advice I hope she listens to it there's nothing good that's gonna happen for her in California compared to the castle that she could live in in the UK like let's go back home to United Kingdom and support the reason why I'm relevant which is the family we only care about, there's plenty of people, plenty of random people out there 
in the street who speak about this royal family. Plenty of them. But we only care about her story because she's part of that family. So. <sighs> It's honestly just so sad. It's such a mess. Where's my hat? Oh, my hat's right here. Perfect. Ooh. 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 Alright. Put my hat on. I'm so sleepy. I'm taking myself to sleep. You know, Meghan Markle, you wore me out even through this talk. Like... I know y'all aren't gonna take any of this advice, and that makes me sad. Cause it's like, dang, you really messed up. You were royalty, you said, no, I don't wanna be in this big old castle. It's too cold in here. I wanna go back to California. No, girl. And Prince Harry, I have one message for you. I can't blame you for all of this situation. I think because I still think Prince Harry's super hot. Not super, but hot enough. If you really want to make a statement, Prince Harry, you can divorce Meghan Markle, because it's a mess. A mess. And then marry me. Think about it. Hold up, hold up, hold up, Harry. Hold up, Harry. I hope that is Harry. Um, first of all, on a side note, um, but you can marry me and, you know, all of this whole world now where everything is like, you get more points if you're part of the LGB, every, you know, you get more points that way. You already did the whole like, oh, I brought a black person and now you got a black person who's also in the LG, world, LGBT world, whatever, uh, not T, LGB world, um, that will lift up. That will help to fix some of these issues that you've built. People won't be mad at you for divorcing Meghan Markle. They'll be like, finally, girl. Finally. Oh, my gosh. And then I'll show up. I'll be quiet. Once I'm the the, the first Dutch hand. Because if you're if the wife, then you're the Duchess. But a Dutch hand. And if you're in end, your family will be so mad. <laughs> if your family really is how you said they are. They're going to be so mad that you married me. Which is going to make you happy because you said that you want to make them mad, apparently. Let's do this, Prince Harry. Like, ditch Meghan Markle. You know? Let her keep custody, though, because I'm not trying to raise no kids right now. So let her, she could do her whole thing. I'm not trying to take her kids. Like, just take her, let her and the kids take care of them, put some money for them, like, we're going back to England, or wherever the prince, whatever you guys live, wherever the castle is, wherever the biggest castle is, let's you and I go there, and we're going to just serve fashion every day. We'll be the first most famous LGBT um, celebrity, and I'm going to be like, chill with all your family, I'm not going to, no drama, I'm not going to say nothing. That's the way you do this, Harry. That's how you, that's, you need one of those on your side. You get all the brownie points you need. Mm hmm But you gotta be a bottom. You gotta be a bottom. So, I'm not trying to have you topping me. You're too. Not with this book. 
This book is not giving top energy, Harry, Prince Harry. This book called Spare. Do you want your top to be making a book called Spare? About them? Talking about themselves as a spare? No, I need my top to have that confident energy. So you're going to have to bottom. But you're basically already bottoming with Megan, with Megan Markle. I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, brought some other items for you, you know, for intimacy. I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't have you bent over. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Prince Harry. So you might as well go all the way and just come out. Come out and let's get you some more brownie points for the whole world to be like, oh wow, they'll forget about Meghan Markle so fast. That's the way. This is all good advice. If you really want to save the kingdom and save your family and just be like, sorry family, like the whole reason I was so toxic and listened to my insane, <laughs> insane wife was because I was secretly in the closet and now that I'm with my rock Mercury now, he's my rock. You know, we're back in the kingdom. Um, we, we, want be, we want to be supporting the family. Like, which castle can we stay at or have? Um, like, we'll go to all the events. Like, no, that's what we gotta do. That's the only way to save this, Prince Harry. You know, one last thing I'll talk about before I get off of here, because I'm so sleepy, is that he was, Prince Harry is a queen. The reason I really think he would, I think that if he, if he really wanted that, in, that would really work. Like, we should definitely, like, it should work. I know I'm joking, but only half joking. Only, maybe I'm not joking at all. Maybe I'm just being honest right now. That actually would work, because he did such a, a, a cowardice move, or not, sorry, word I don't use, a queen move. He definitely did a queen move by mentioning his brother's hairline and saying that he's balding at an alarming rate and that his resemblance to his mother, Princess Diana, um, It's fading away with time. That's, that's, that's shady. That is so shady. That's something that a drag queen would say. He, he said his hair loss. My brother's hair loss is alarming. And his resemblance to our late and great mother. Is fading with time. Quickly with time. Like. Girl. You better have done a death drop after that. You better have been just death drop, like just no, like you can't sashay you stay. Sashay you stay with that kind of read. He read his brother. But how petty is that to the public? All because his toxic wife, Megan Markle, probably gaslit that whole situation. You know she did. It's so sad. It's honestly so sad, but also very, very hilarious. 
very, very hilarious. So I'm going to jump off of here. I am so sleepy. I just, I can't even right now. Um, Prince Harry, call me. You know my number. You can reach out to me. You can go to my website. Hit, hit me up by email. It's all, everything's available. Like, Prince Harry, we can fix this still. We can fix this. We gotta let, we gotta release Meghan Markle back to the streets. That is a wild, that's a wild, whatever it is. It's wild. And it belongs to the streets where it loves. Meghan Markle's love the street. But you need to build your castle back. Like you need to go back and enjoy your castle and your kingdom. Like you made a big mistake. You turned on your family for some random. I know you think she's special, and Meghan Markle is a random. A random. And on a positive note, my mom did turn on the House of Gucci earlier today, and although I have my own drama with Lady Gaga, whatever, the book, I mean, the movie for the House of Gucci was so far very decent. I'm very into the, the um, like Lady Gaga's acting was really good. I mean, I should have known that though because she was really good at American American Story, American H Story. Um, I don't want to say the the name of it because it might sound like I'm saying something something else. Um, she did a great job in the movie, so or in the TV show. So it makes sense that she would do well in this movie as well. So I get it. Anyways, you guys, rock on, Mercuryans. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go to sleep, but have a great night. And Megan DeMarco, shame on you. And also, shame on Prince Harry. And all I gotta say all I gotta say Princess Diana would be like what in the world's going on here she'd be so mad at all this anyways rock on Mercuryans I'll see you all soon I, I'm literally fainting so bye good night thank you for the oh 3.1 thousand likes thank you for the 3.1 thousand appreciate it and thank you for everybody who followed in case I missed your name thank you for the follow I'll be posting a lot, lot more.